Hello, my name is Christine Murray, Editor-in-Chief of The Developer, and welcome to The Developer Podcast, where we talk about how to design and develop cities worth living in, which often has to do with the spaces between the buildings, as much as the buildings themselves. Glasgow's smart canal system has opened up new land for development while protecting Glasgow's city centre from flooding. In this podcast, we hear from Katie Hughes, Estates Director from Scottish Canals, as she speaks to the Developer Live Risk and Resilience audience about this project. Hi everyone, I'm yeah, Katie Hughes, I'm from Scottish Canals and I'm going to talk to you about Glasgow Smart Canal which is quite a strange word to use with a heritage asset that is graded the same as Edinburgh Castle, it's a scheduled ancient monument and I'm probably going to show you a, sh a few photos in a minute that will probably scare you as to the state it was at one point. So I don't know if any of you have been to Glasgow, I'm sure some of you have had that joy. Um, this red line shows the rough route of Glasgow's canal. You probably don't even know that Glasgow had a canal. A lot of people that live in Glasgow don't even know Glasgow's got a canal. Um, but that red line shows you the route and it goes through some of the most deprived areas in the country. Um, the dark purple is um, the 0 to 20% of the most deprived areas in the UK. And actually some of those purple areas are some of the worst 3% of deprived areas in Europe go through areas like Merry Hill, Lamb Hill and Postle, if you've ever heard of them, They're generally in the news quite a bit, um, but really, um, really, really a lot of social factors that affect that area. So you look at that picture and you think, Christ, that was a long time ago. It wasn't, it was 20 years ago to the year. That is the center of Glasgow. That's probably a mile and a half out of the city center of Glasgow. That is Mary Hill Locks, and that was in 1999 um, in the centre of this huge regeneration area that became a real focus for Glasgow City Council. And that was the canal next to a mini garage. And rather than get rid of the old minis, they just used to roll them into the canal, just hope they never see them again. And what happened in the millennium was the big lottery gave us a lot of money, and we were able to regenerate the canals from the Lowlands canals from Glasgow through to Edinburgh and reopen the canals. And what we have seen in the last 20 years is a huge amount of regeneration to go along there. Give you some examples. We've used what used to be an old power station basin and turned it into a national water sports centre. That was an old mushroom factory and whiskey distillery on the shores of, um, of the canal right in the city centre. And we've reused that building to turn into quirky studio space for local artists. And that lock gate that you see there, um, that some crazy person from Red Bull is jumping into, is the lock gate you saw just a minute ago that I said was in Merry Hill just 20 years ago. So it's actually safe to even swim in there as well, as well as do these madcap races um, going up the flight. So just to give you a bit of scene setting of Glasgow's canals, this is part of artwork that we did to try and create a new destination leading from the city centre to Glasgow's Canal, which is only about half a mile from the city centre. But this is what happened. Uh, the whole of the canal corridor in North Glasgow has no drainage whatsoever, and I'll explain that in a bit. But that is that art installation completely flooded, and that is the key bit of infrastructure that leads the city centre to the start of North Glasgow and the start of the canal. 
So what is Glasgow Smart Canal, you wonder? Well, this is it. So the bottom of the picture is the city centre. And if any of you have been to Glasgow before, you know the M8 was designed to completely bisect the city. Um, not very good placemaking um, quality standards being used there, but the motorway goes straight through the city centre. A lot of regeneration has happened so far, but the north has never been regenerated. And why is that? Basically, there are no rivers there. Um, and any river that, that was there was fully, fully used to capacity and culverted. Um, the drains are full in North Glasgow. Scottish water has a huge problem there that um, whenever it floods, whenever there's heavy rain, North Glasgow just starts flooding. And that is a real problem for the Glasgow City Council because they had huge tracts of land that they wanted to regenerate really close to the city centre that there was absolutely no surface water answer to. Typical engineers um, said, right, let's build a tunnel. So um, everybody was keen to build a tunnel. And that tunnel would have had to have gone straight under the city centre to go to the River Clyde, at least 50 million pounds. And you know, 50 million would have started and it would have ended up at 100 million without a doubt. And it doesn't take into account the absolute impact on the city centre of shutting the roads and the impact on all the businesses. So what we started talking to Scottish Water and the council about was to try and use the canal, try and use the canal as one massive suds pond. So this is what we started doing. And we started talking about trying to become a dynamic canal, a canal of the 21st century, looking at all, all of those five huge regeneration sites and looking at the blue-green infrastructure that needed to go onto those sites, making that blue-green infrastructure dynamic and making the ca canal dynamic. So how does it work is the technical bit. So what do we do? Top right-hand corner, massive sun, obviously quite rare, really sunny day in Glasgow. Um, but you can imagine it. Try and put your thinking caps on. So it's sunny, but there's a storm event predicted. And we use um, weather forecasting um, techniques to be able to go through a computer system that says a storm is coming. So what do we do? Canals are designed, they have feeders coming from rural areas. We basically shut them off. That is an automatic reaction. If there is a, a one in over 10 year storm coming, the, the feeders get shut off. And what opens is we open these discharges. So this is 24 hours before that storm event comes, the discharges start to open. And that discharge basically starts to reduce the canal. And when we talk about the canal, it's a 22 mile stretch of a flat body of water. So you think even if you reduce that by a centimetre, that's a huge amount of capacity to take the, the runoff from these sites. So 24 hours before, some shut, some open, and then we're away. The water starts flowing into the rivers that would be flooding in 24 hours time. But actually those rivers start to take that capacity much earlier. So the canal starts to reduce in level. We stop the flow from the feeder canal from the big reservoirs up in the hills, and we start to lower the canal down that's through Glasgow and into the suburbs. So now it's tracking it down. It's pouring with rain, and the storm event begins, and the suds start to fill up on these sites and then slowly run off into the canal. And that summit pound that we call it, that 22-mile body of water starts to rise. And then it's sunny again, another sunny day in Glasgow. And what happens is over a period of 24 hours, the suds drain from those sites into the canal and the canal rises back up. Now that canal 
only needs to take down 10 centimetres of the whole summit pound of water to give it the capacity for all of those acres of land to be able to provide that, which is absolutely amazing. So what we've done is we've worked with all the local, the local authority there and the landowners to create this blue-green network that is absolutely dynamic. The canal becomes dynamic and the five sites that connect become dynamic as well. And the beauty of that means that we can actually hold water on site. So rather than what can sometimes not look very good, you know, a ditch usually with old trolleys in sometimes you find in North Glasgow and um, bottles of um, Buckfast, um, we, uh, we actually get a nice blue-green body of water that is actually managed. And it's a bit like looking at the cows lying down in the field. So people that will move into these developments will go, oh, there's no water in there today. That means it's going to rain really heavily, a bit like the cows. <laughs> and that's our vision. And that's two of the sites out of the five. So what are the successes? Scottish Water saved me 50 million pounds. It was never on their priority list. They, they said, Scottish, Scottish Water said, if you want to build houses, build houses where there's capacity. Don't build houses in the city centre where there isn't any capacity in complete conflict with the aspirations of the council. But it meant Scottish Water didn't need to build that tunnel. It protects our canal for future generations. We are always an underfunded government body, and this has provided funding to provide maintenance and a safeguard for that canal for the next 60 years. It commences regeneration in the north quarter of the city, and without this solution, this would never, ever have happened. It's going to provide at least 3,500 new homes. And originally they said that would be 25 years, but it's going to be in within 10 years without a doubt. It provides one in 200 year storm protection to a large area of the city. And so that provides much more protection than a standard Scottish water system would provide. It protects our heritage. And most important, our boaters can still get along it because it really is only 10 centimeters difference, even in a severe storm. And it's a great example of collaborative working between ourselves, Glasgow City Council on Scottish Water. And people say to me, oh, was it really that great? And it was difficult. And would it have happened if it hadn't had to have happened? Probably not, because it was really hard. It put people like Scottish Water out of their comfort zone by having to agree to vest um, non-standard suds, suds. Glasgow City Council had to pay us for the maintenance of the canal for the next 60 years, which was really difficult because they felt that was government's job. And for us and my board, it was a hard decision because this is future thinking and the risk profile of taking this on. It was something very, very different to talking about boats and canals. So they said when, um, when we designed this scheme, it will take at least 25 years to connect those five sites, over 3,500 homes. And then all the funding came into the social housing, especially in Scotland, that we're seeing at the moment in Glasgow. So this is the first site to connect. This is Site Hill, um, a very famous site in, in Glasgow, and huge contamination and infrastructure problems. That the first houses now, shown in the bottom right of the picture, are already on site. We only signed the agreement with Glasgow City Council and Scottish Water on the 1st of April 2018. So it's been absolutely rapid growth and acceleration of these sites. That's the infrastructure and the buildings that will go down onto the canal. This has been a no-go area for, for many decades. So this is great regeneration that this has produced. 
This is a site, the Scottish Canal Zone, 650 new homes, a new commercial quarter waterside living. We have redeveloped this site and our first, um, the infrastructure and remediation has happened and the first houses are being built and are due for new occupants within the next six months. This is Glasgow's first um, urban nature reserve and it doesn't look very housey, but the development to the right of it, um, which is Hamilton Hill, which used to be huge blocks of high-rise flats has been demolished. This was meant to only be being developed um, in a decade's time. This has been brought forward because of this, um, of Glasgow Smart Canal. And again, they start on site next year. That's it. This podcast has been brought to you by The Developer. Produced by Simon Mercer, with music by Fortet. I'm Christine Murray, and you can reach me on Twitter at, at TC Murray. For more podcasts, visit us at thedeveloper.live.